Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. There's a great atmosphere, great presence of God here at the moment. Father, I just thank you for the intimate way that you connect with each one of us as a father does. You know us so well. You don't know us just physically. You know us so especially, so intricately. No one else knows us like you. The one who knows us the most, loves us the best. Father, I thank you for your peace here right now. I thank you for your joy. That fruit of the Spirit. More and more, may your love be seated, be enthroned in our hearts, in our lives. Your love, Father, flowing through us. Father, heart, agape love, flowing through your children. It's a world that's crying out for it so desperately, so desperately, so desperately. The earth's crying out, wake up. Sons and daughters of God, wake up. It's time to be revealed. It's time to be revealed. It's time to be revealed. Why do you cover your face? Why do you shut yourself down? Why do you limit yourself? Spirit of God's beckoning the church to rise up. And it's not in a religious structure. It's not in a program. It's in you. It's not in the church. It's in you. It's in you. Hope of glory. Christ in me hope of glory. Father, thank you for this moment that we get to connect with one another. We get to connect with you. We are entwined in your spirit right now. You're enthroned in our praises and we're entwined in your spirit. Have your way here today, Father. Mighty God, We submit to you. We are a people dedicated to knowing you and understanding your ways. Father, we are a people dedicated to worshipping you in spirit and in truth. We are a people dedicated to being transformed and growing into Jesus daily, every day, every day. When we find something that's not glorifying you, we say, right, you have to die. Not kids or, uh, you know, partners or anything like that. It's stuff in us that has to die. Father, thank you for your glory being revealed in us. Thank you, Father, for the treasure that you have bestowed in these earthen vessels. May these earthen vessels value that treasure. May this earthen vessel value your treasure, Father, that you've placed in here, that we get to shine it. Have your way here today, Father. May our lives be altered, our destinies realigned, transformed, transformed. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, shake hands with someone around you. Greet them. So good to see you all. Hey, hey,
So last week, Chelsea spoke on, um, well, last week, Rachel came up and shared communion, and she spoke on waiting. Rachel, you gorgeous thing, that was so beautiful that what she brought out was profound. If only we recorded our, our communion messages, you could feast on that forever and ever, but no, you've got to be here. And then Chelsea spoke on suffering and and we've been, God's really been um, honing in on suffering at the moment. <laughs> Aren't you glad about that? I realise I've got to laugh a lot more in life. I really do. We do, don't we? We have to laugh more in life. And a surefire way of that is that in Scripture it says that if only one person in the body of Christ, one person rejoices, do you know what that means? It means a shift for everyone. Just one person laughing means a shift. Why is that? I don't feel like it. No, no, no. If one rejoices, we must then unite because we're not alone anymore. Because if we believe that somebody else has been blessed, we must rejoice in that because then that releases something over us. And you might say, well, is that what I've got to do to get what I want? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But let's not play that game. Let's just play the game, what does God want? Because it's always, to be honest, from the day we're born, it's always, what do I want? Till we come to a realization, it's not all about me. And if you haven't come to that yet, because we still play that game, don't we? But it's all about us. So I woke up at five, great messages last week. They have been really like something. And I've got to say, yeah, please, you've got to honour the word when that comes. <laughs> On our word nights, and, and I've got to explain to you, some people came to word nights and they were going, what's being, like, what's this? This isn't, it's not structured, it's not set. Oh, it's just freelance? Mm, then I'll use a freelance attendance, which is fine. But God's doing something so profound and so unique. The first night that I turned up, God says, bring food. I'm like, okay. And he says, and sit on the floor. Okay. I can do that because I'm that sort of rogue guy. I'll do that stuff. And he chooses me to do that. So I put, get everyone to put things down and put floor, everything on the floor. No one bought in. So they came in, everyone sat in their seats. One guy came and sat down with me. Everyone sat like in the schoolroom, sat on their little seats in lines and all that. <laughs> and God's trying to do something fresh. Remember this year, before we started, God says, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? Don't you perceive it? Don't you see it's bursting out? And so many of us go, oh, yeah, it must be this then. And we've got to get really train ourselves to lean into God and not just go by little whiffs and changes in the, in the atmosphere or the air. We've got to really lean in at this time. And suffering is part of that. Suffering makes us really lean into God. And you might, go, you might say, but why does he have to use suffering? Because suffering is life. It's part of our life. And in his goodness, can I just tell you one good thing? Even God's curses are blessings. 
When God cursed the planet and he said to men, by the sweat of your brow, you will now work the land and you won't be able to eat anything unless you sweat to do it. You know, a third of our toxins come out through sweat. If you don't sweat well, you have a toxin buildup. God blesses us by making us go out and sweat. You might go, yucky. Unfortunately, there are some yucky things about our bodies. (laughs) We're all very familiar with those. But when we suffer, we can either really smother ourselves in our suffering. We can. Oh, there's something in Scripture that says we can participate in Christ's sufferings. Because in participating in Christ's sufferings, there is a reward. Because number one, it takes faith to participate in sufferings, to believe that what you are going through at this moment, in this juncture, this season of your life, is exactly ordained by God. And you can say, no, I've got some evil, I've got some brokenness, I've got some heartache, I've got some horrible stuff in my life. How can I be here by God's hand? So I woke up this morning at five o'clock, had this brilliant message, sensational Boy, was I off the money. It was on a fence, and it was called Offensive Offences, because it was worth saying twice. (laughs) And I just thought, you know, this would be great. I'll get a really catchy phrase, because I like catchy phrases, and then God says, it's not about you. Put that catchy phrase away, Stephen. And I woke up at five o'clock, and I got up, and I'm, I'm wide awake. Boom. And... Then all of a sudden, as I settle into my feelings for the morning, I'm really tired and I'm really fatigued. And I'm like, why am I so tired? Oh, gee, I need to get back to bed. I'm re-. And then, I, then the Holy Spirit goes, really? And then I realized it was actually a word of knowledge. I'm not tired. I'm actually wide awake. I, I had a great sleep. It's a word of knowledge as people just tired exhausted, worn out. That's not God's heart. Yes, we're meant to sweat. But there's nothing about that that says, and so I'm just going to drive you into the ground and just really make you pay for it. Why do we think that about God? I had this weird thought this morning. I have this weird thought every morning. It just changes. Many of us this morning could look around and immediately say, yes, I can believe God for breakthrough for you. I believe God for breakthrough for you. We could look at somebody else in the room and say, yes, my God can bring breakthrough in your life. Now I want you to turn that back on you and say, God can do amazing things through you. And you go, no, you, you've got that wrong. Because God's got these issues with me that I'm still trying to work through. He's got these issues that I keep, they keep coming along and nagging me every now and then. And I treat people bad when I, you know. Psalm 127. Jesus be glorified. Jesus be glorified. 
God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well have a nap. It's useless to rise up early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? So we've got all these things in life. By the sweat of your brow, you must do this. And through, you know, through childbirth, you'll be saved. Thank you, Ezra. That's the two things for men and women. I'm glad we got the sweat of the brow. Actually, guys, you know, sweat of the brow is a lot easier. Pushing out a watermelon. Bodies are amazing, aren't they? Aren't human bodies incredible? But they carry a lot of yucky stuff in them. Feelings and offences and hurts and traumas and do we ever get rid of them? Because they weigh heavy on us, don't they? God's telling me to just pause here because you're waiting for something and God says, I want to do something in your life here. If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well take a nap. It's useless to think I can control, I can make all the money that I need to set it all up for my family and set it all up for my kids and get everything. And I can legislate everything so that I can make it where it'll wear me out. And I've got to make sure that I'm really on. And God says, come away from that way of thinking. I've got a new way of doing it. When I was younger, I used to look at this scripture. And I'd say, I've got to get God to build my house. I've got to get God to guard my city. We need new lights system in here. We've got air conditioners on this morning. Did you see that? I am on shaky ground right now because I'm because our electricians are go, all going, what could go wrong? You don't know this, but we're pulling way too much power than what we need, which is a great metaphor for us as Christians. We need to be pulling way more power out of this thing than what we require. I only need this much. No, no, no. Other people need a lot more flowing through you. Don't be selfish. Remember Jesse a few weeks ago? Why be so selfish? Why just keep my blessing for me? So I used to think I have to let God build my house. I have to get God to guard my city. Lord, look after my house, look after my city, God, look after, the, look after these things, look after. And that's not what it's talking about. It's a perspective change. It's a shift. Where is your house at the moment? You might think, oh, my house. No, no, your life. Where is your life at the moment? So you've brought it through to this stage quite healthily. It's all been up to you so far. You've kept yourself safe. You've kept yourself well-fed and well-watered. You've supplied all your needs up until this point. Unless God, get a perspective change. God has established your house. God has guarded your city. Because if I'm here, have I done this? No. A big resounding, no, I know who I am. 
I know what I'm capable of and I know what I, I know what God calls me to and I am way oh, in faith stepping into this, what God has for us and saying, come on guys, leave behind what you are holding on to thinking, no, 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 I've got to establish this first. I've got to make this happen. Okay, and, and God's saying, I've already established you. I've already protected you, and you're still praying. Please establish me. Please protect me. Please bring a, win a battle for me. I'm so stressed and so tired from you just not bringing the battle, the victory in my battle and not doing this. And he's like, there's nothing there. There's no fight. This turmoil is in your flesh, and I have given you keys to overcome this. Why are we battling with some stuff in life that we can just go, hmm, do you know what? It's God's. Surrender. So nice to surrender to the right things. Don't surrender to your worry. Don't surrender to your anxiety. Don't surrender to your depression. Don't surrender to those things. Don't even partner with them. They are lies. They are lies. They are lies. Matthew eleven, twenty eight in the message. We've read this scripture out so many times. I am glad Jesus said these words. He didn't say them in the way the message was, but eh, I like it. Are you tired? <sighs> Worn out? <sighs> Burn out on religion and process and things that you think that you've got to do to, you know, don't step on the cracks or you break your mother's backs. Come on. Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, come away from all that crazy. Why is it that we are so fascinated with nonsense? Why is it that humans are so fascinated with nonsense in our life? I don't know about you, but I have some fanciful thoughts that carry me away sometimes, and some of them are actually self-deprivating, self-condemning. They are just judgmental thoughts. And I go, oh, yeah, I did the wrong thing. Oh, I stepped out of line. Oh, that was... Uh. And I've got to be honest. I'm going to do it. Can I be vulnerable? It's, it's not usually me. After Sundays, after I speak here, I go, like a golf game, I will go through every stroke. I'll think about what I've said and I'll beat myself up for not saying the right thing. And, not, and oh, I meant to say that and I didn't. And when I listen to my message, when I speak, it's just, but I know that God's called me to here. I know that God's established me in this place. And I've got to, I've got to be trust. I've got to trust him in that. I have not established myself here. I have not put myself in this position. I have not done this. You know, in, in the, the movie Castaway, when Tom Hanks finally makes the fire and he goes, no one's there. And he's like, look what I have done. I have made fire. I haven't done anything. I have not made any, I've made a mess in my life. And when I think I have made something and I've built this tower of Lego, it's bad. No one can fit in it. It's the wrong size. It's awkward. However we think our life, this is how it needs to be, God has a way bigger plan. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into your imagination what God has in store for you. So this morning, I want to, 
God just wants to free you. He wants to actually for you to take a deep breath. Whatever is holding on to you at the moment, come to me, Jesus says. I can give you rest for your souls. No one else can. Nothing else can. Jesus. Jesus. Why is it that we're so hung up on Jesus? There's a a really easy answer and it's got one word. Because. Author of all creation. By him all things were made. There was nothing that was made that wasn't made by him. I say that and I'm still in awe. Like these fake trees that are up here on the stage. He made those. Not them, but we put all the plastics and stuff that we pulled out of the oil to put it together to make it look like a tree. We're pretty creative. But Jesus made all that. He's made everything. If you think technology is pretty cool, it's made from stuff that Jesus made. Everything is made from stuff that Jesus made. makes me wonder what he was thinking, what he saw when he spat in the dirt, made mud out of it, and then slopped it in the God's, guy's eye. What did he see that was going to happen? Not a, Do you get what I mean? What? Because he wasn't just like, oh, well, let's give this a shot. He saw something. Like, and then holding back, sending the disciples to go ahead of him. And he holds back just so he can walk on water. And do stuff. Why? How? What happened when he stepped on the water? Have you ever thought about this from a physics perspective? Did he become less dense? Did the water transform and become more dense? What happened? Was the surface area impenetrable on the on the surface? What? Jesus, in the hierarchy of everything, everything's under his feet, and nothing can overpower him. So naturally, he can walk on water. Naturally. I say that like I understand it. There's no comprehension here at all. The closest I have walked on water, thank you, many, many, many times. Behind a boat at about 36 mile an hour, barefoot. But I want to encourage you today. God has established you. If you think, oh, so he's established everything that I'm doing? No. No, don't ever mistake that God's favor is actually his favor on you because of your behavior. Paul said, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me right. We must be always bringing things back to refinement in Jesus. So I haven't really given you much today. Except shift, shift into the new. You might say, how do I do that? Ask the Father, because you know, he knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what the next step is. I'm, we're praying for everyone in this church for the next step, next step, that you will actually be mindful that there's a next step, that you're not just trying to force steps out, that you'll ask God, what is my next step in the spirit here? What's my, because, okay. I'm just going to finish up with this scripture. And then I feel we need to pray for some people for release to respond to this. 
Romans 8, verse 18. And this is in the Amplified. I can, for I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. For even the whole creation, all of nature, wakes, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration and futility, not willingly because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would also be freed from its bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Pause, sailor. Do I understand all that? No. Do I agree with all that? Yes. Does that sound good to me? Yes. Do I get my head around it? No. But I say, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> For we know the whole of creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Sorry, that was verse. I jumped ahead. Did I? Being freed. Sorry, what was it? Verse 21. That the creation itself would also be freed from its bondage to decay. Does anyone else feel that? That bondage to decay? I was just talking to my beautiful auntie and uncle and, I, and they said, how are you? And I said, yes, you know, as you get older, things just start happening with your body and that's the new normal and this is life now. And they go, really? We hadn't noticed. You know, <laughs> I used to think that my grandparents were a certain way because I only knew them when they were old. And I realized they were just that way because their bodies were old. And I, you might think, that doesn't make sense. But in my head, I always thought that's how they were. But they weren't. I just saw the old versions of them. Sometimes we just see the old, worn-out versions of us. And we go, whoa, yeah, who's done that to you? Isn't this terrible? There's actually life inside you. There's treasure in us. See, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, this is a promise. I, I, I have to make this my promise. I have, to make my, I have to apply my faith to this. He will make alive your mortal bodies. He will make alive your mortal bodies. He will make alive your... If the same spirit that raised Jesus... And then you go, oh, right, I've got to make sure I've got the right spirit. Yes. Yes. Test the spirits. It says to do that. But I'm telling you now. You open yourself up to the Holy Spirit of the living God. He changes you. This is what this is talking about here. For we know that the whole of creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. Verse 23. And not only this, but we too, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come. Even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the sign of our adoptions as son, the redemption and transformation of our bodies, not just at the resurrection, but they say it there, but not just at the resurrection. For in this hope, 
we were saved. In this hope, we were saved. That we have a hope that goes beyond just the preservation of this mortal body. That we have a hope that goes beyond just the keeping this planet safe. God has got all this. We have not brought it to this place. Humans have not damaged the planet so irreconcilably that climate change is going to devour it. No, this planet's going to be here until God says, done. Humans have no say over that. Except that it might be done sooner. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where was I up to, Das? Boy, this hope we say. But hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. This is the second part of, of, sorry, in the middle of verse 24. But hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. So many times when we have something that we hope for, we're looking for it because we're seeing a a natural or a material manifestation. We say, that's what we want. And God says, no, 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 don't just fix your eyes on that. Fix it on something greater. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Do you hear that? Even though our bodies are groaning, even though we feel like we're decaying and eroding, we're meant to face this with a different look, eagerly, with patience and composure. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit comes to us. Wow, what do you mean in the same way? Well, it's a gift. In the same way, it comes in when we, we might be groaning for saying, we, we, I want this, I want And then the same way that those groanings come in, the same way the Spirit comes in. When we're groaning from a heartfelt, soulful place, in the same way the Spirit comes into us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit Himself, this is praying in the Spirit right here, knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf. Oh, I love that. The Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. It's always on behalf of God's people and in accordance with God's will. And we forget this because we read this second part, like verse 28, we got this and we know that God works together in all things. No, no, no. It's because of this. It's because of this, because of our perspective shift, because of where we're seated. It's because of the Spirit that is made available to us that we can pray in that Spirit at any time of the day. So why do we worry? Don't worry, pray. The Holy Spirit is available for us to be able to pray. And he who searches the hearts knows with the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes before God. And we know, verse 28, with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us. Do you really know this? That God is deeply concerned. Deeply. Like we've got a new grandson. And I had people my whole life tell me, oh, when you have grandchildren, it's the best. And I usually said, because you'd always hand them back. But I realize now what God does in you. Because when you have your first child, you just go, oh my goodness. You know, you love your partner and then all of a sudden a child comes in and it's a product of both of you and you just, it changes your world, changes everything. And you could think, there's love in me that I never knew was there before. This love that, where did that come from? 
And then you, another child turns up and you go, oh, and I never even thought, how am I going to love this new child? The same? I could not wait for the new one to turn up. And when it turned up, boom, more capacity of love in my life. And then third one, turn, and then we get a grandchild and something shifts on a profound level because now it's a generational thing and your depth, you're expanded again. So this is just my natural, very faulted perspective of the father heart. Because what he's awakening in me is just my father heart. And I want that flowing through me as much as I can. Dads, men, we all want that flowing through us. We want Jesus, the father heart, flowing. Because that's one of his names, everlasting father. Some of you just went, no, 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 he's the son. Mm. They're all together. That's why when the angels go around, they cry, holy, holy, holy. It's in threes. Holy. Every aspect of his nature, every aspect of his character, his identity, who he is, is holy. And when we participate in this, do you know what the most beautiful thing is? Oh, this is the clincher for right now. We get a credit. It's not, it's not a reward. It's not payment. It's a credit of righteousness. Abraham believed and it was credited to him. Cha-ching, credited. Let's get our head into that game. Cha-ching, it was credited to him as righteousness. He had a deficit of righteousness in his life. There's no way he could have earned righteousness. This is all of us. This is a pattern for all of us. But God says, do you know what? I'm going to do this for you. And he said, I believe you are trustworthy. I'm going to believe your word. And it was credited to him as righteousness. We hold on to the law of Moses very strongly because it is how we live the good life. But we are not the children of Moses. We are not the children of the law. We are the children of faith. We are the children of Abraham. We believe and we get a credit. So this morning, I want to pray for credits in your account. Credits in your account. Because righteousness, <laughs> righteousness relaxes you. Righteousness, I'm telling you now, gives you peace. To be in right standing, to be in balance with your God, have nothing out. out. I've got no words to say. It's like no words unsaid, no weight out of balance, no sound out of key. Everything is just gravy. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love Him, for to those who are called according to His plan and purpose. That's a great level right there. I love that they threw that in at the end, that He wrote that in the end. Because it makes me realize that my calling, I need to realize my calling is according to His plan and His purpose. It's not my calling, it's His calling on my life. Your calling is profound. I just get to hear to encourage you on a weekly basis. You get to go out into your sphere, wherever that is, in school, in work, um, in leisure. You might be retired and you're just buzzing around, living the good life. <laughs> Why do we think that that's the way it is with all these <laughs> 
They work harder than all of us. But you can be an influence there. You can carry peace. You can carry hope. If you're able, do you want to stand with me? That's beautiful, Tim. Lovely. I want you to just hold your hands out right now like you're going to receive and expect to receive. Father, I just thank you for your goodness here right now. Jesus, I'm so glad that that your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Your yoke is actually comfortable. They're like a pair of Air Jordans. Just nothing, no weight on them at all. It's totally comfortable. Thank you for your yoke. The yoke that keeps us in step with your spirit. That yoke that helps us to carry the load that you have designed for us to carry. Not that excess baggage, just the calling that you've placed on us to carry. Father, I thank you for the words that have transpired this morning. Father, I thank you for the words that your spirit has awakened in each person's heart. I thank you for what's been heard by their spirit from your spirit today. I thank you for the answers. I thank you for the refinement. I thank you for the realignment that your spirit brings. But right now, Father, I thank you for the rest over minds, over hearts, over souls. Father, your heart is to bring us rest. You did it right in the garden. You said, okay, six days I've labored, now I'm going to rest. You want us to rest. But it's not just rest from doing work. It's rest in ourselves. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for calling us into your rest. We will not turn our head away. We will not um, turn our ear away from what you are saying to enter rest today. I speak rest over my brothers and sisters. I speak peace over their life. I speak your joy, which is strength, the joy of the Lord, strength in our lives. Holy Spirit, just cause peace. Whatever the, the turmoil is at this moment, I thank you that you're able to bring the change, bring the transformation. Father, we ask for, in Jesus' mighty name, a shift in our lives, a shift in who we are. Oh, Father, awaken me more. Awaken us more. May we not hide this light. May we not hide this treasure that is inside us. May we not limit it because of the the containment and the frustrations and the tiredness of this world. Father, thank you for your life in us. Same spirit, then resurrection life. Thank you for what you've called us to do, what you've called us to put our hands to. We choose to do it this week with gratitude. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Yeah, and boldness boldness because the righteous are as bold as lions doesn't mean you force your way in just means you don't have to shrink back you don't have to be nasty and bossy with anyone just means you don't have to shrink back you can be confident that you can hold your own because God's got you you don't have to be intimidated by anyone Leonard Ravenhill said a man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by man We need to get our intimacy level up. Father, thank you for who you have made us to be. Father, thank you for revealing who you are to us. May we become more like Jesus this week. Father, have your way. 
May we become more like Jesus. May we take the next step and the next step and the next step in your spirit. May we be spirit-led people. May we be continually praying in your spirit. That's the homework for this week. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Have an awesome week, guys. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.